and welcome to Tabletop Game Talk, a show where we talk about tabletop games and gaming topics of all kinds. This week, we'll be talking about the games we're looking forward to in 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. And Chris is making us do this. He sent us a list from Board Game Geek and said, pick the games that look interesting. So that's what we're talking about. Games we've never played that might come out in 2023. Should be fun. <laughs> but first, as always, <laughs> thank you to our Patreon for the show. Out of Harrison, Miles Clark, Sarah Weber, Mr. Nugs, and the Gift of Games in Grace Lake, Illinois. And yes, that's not an editing mistake. I just kept talking over them. Um, also, huge Are thank you to talking about the brother. games or this episode? I'm confused. <laughs> this could be both. I just love that Fletcher had obviously not read the intro <laughs> to this episode. You got that live reaction, everyone. I usually don't. <laughs> I just want to say that you delivered that one the like superbly, That's which how, makes me believe how you imagined me reading it. To be yeah, clear, that I captured your inner feelings on this one for sure. To be clear, it should Perhaps. be fun. It has an exclamation point at the end of it, not a period. So. <laughs> No. Could have been an I'm really too. good at uh, reading Chris's intentions, <laughs> if not his punctuation. Because <laughs> oh. actually, if you read with the punctuation that Chris has included, it is just uh, it is a something. It works in my brain. I'm like it always does. Sometimes, sometimes it does. <laughs> Everything works in my little in my little uh, world that I've built for myself. Um, let's see. If you want to be part of our Zoom live audience, we'll be back next week. You can't. And that, you can't right now, because we're already recording this one. <laughs> but next week we will be, and that's tabletopgametalk.com slash live. Uh, check us out, Central Time, 8.30. We will be there. It'll be a great reunion with all of our live listeners. We'll talk about the holidays and catastrophes, not about Christmas ornaments, but maybe... We can talk about someone finding Kitty, her missing Christmas ornament. If you don't know what I'm talking about, listen to last week's episode first. Got to listen to these things in order. There's a there's a B plot that goes through all the different episodes. <laughs> there's if actually a, tre- to all there's the a treasure hunt. Listen to all episodes <laughs> in order. Yeah. I don't know if you Unlock have the secrets, any idea what's find going the clues. on ninety percent of the time. I don't know if anyone knows what's going on in this podcast. Is this Nobody. podcast sensical? Probably it not. is nonsensical. Um, I think that's a category I can put this under. Nonsensical. Uh, you can also join our Discord or our BGA group. Those links are in the notes. Um, reminder that our Look at the Stars tournament starts tomorrow as this podcast. No, today. Today? Ooh. You're too um, late? It starts tomorrow. I'm going to move the date to start tomorrow. <laughs> if I can. But... We've mentioned in the last few times. So if you've put it off and you missed it today, then there's really nothing I could do about it. But if um, if it's not too late, go to our Discord and there's a link there that allows you to join the tournament. Um, also, more info on TGTCon coming soon. Uh, our next episode will probably be focused on TGTCon, or at least in part. And um, Fletcher shared something just before the show. <laughs> something I was aware of, but Chris was apparently not. I- I was not. And um, again, if you listen to our last show, you'd understand the bleep, the B plot line here is we just got done recording that about 20 minutes ago and we didn't expect to have much banter. But and then yet, Fletcher shared here, something. Here we are. <laughs> um, 
All right, so Fletcher, describe what what you did. <laughs> what I did. Fess up. I can't believe you've done this. Um, so yeah, I was just, you know, dinking around on the internet. And I was like, oh, apparently there's a trailer for a new Barbie movie coming out. Okay, I'll a bite. New, a new Barbie movie. Yeah. They're, yeah. Well, I'm, I'll say new. I don't know if there was an old one. Maybe. Maybe directed. There have been Barbie cartoons, I believe. Yeah. yeah. There are there are Barbie movies, but not like this. But this there is a is live a action. Barbie movie coming out. So this is the first that either of you have heard of this movie? Yes. Yes. I have been aware of the making of this movie for I months. haven't heard of it until <laughs> I stumbled across this on one of my you know web pages I visit to. They were like, check out this Barbie movie trailer. Um, and I did. And uh, it's very good. <laughs> <laughs> At least the trailer so it far. It looks amazing. I'm I, very like, excited about it. They're leaning okay. in a hundred percent into like what this movie is, and uh, <laughs> I couldn't be happier. Okay, I, I, no I want to just dis- association with this brand. Really, I mean, I, I, I want no to describe this, this trailer before Kitty gets to respond. Because um, I, <laughs> I I just watched it for the first time a few minutes ago. The trailer does not target the. Does not target the demographic you think that it might. Well, it opens, and I'm starting to think, it's like, okay, so this is a documentary. Yes. But mm. no, then no. it goes into kind of like a Space Odyssey 2001 feel since the it, beginning of time. It, it's a lot more than a feel. It's a direct spoof. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then there's a giant pair of legs, and small children start destroying... That's is still the Baby spoof dolls. of, of <laughs> 2001 A Space Of 2001. Odyssey. Yeah. Which which is odd because like going there for this particular, I'm not sure there's a lot of crossover. That's what I'm, that's those two audiences. exactly what I said. Like you don't think, like this is not marketed. At least the trailer isn't to the, you know, girls ages five to 12 demographic because they probably have no idea what this is even referencing. This is targeted. At me. Me and yeah. Makara Tours on YouTube, I think, are possibly the only people who are, like, so excited about it. Like, this is definitely for, like, you know... This is probably for women, women in their ages 25 to, <laughs> to 50. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and now, I'm not sure, and Kitty disagrees with me on this, but I'm fairly certain... Watch, It's a teaser trailer, so we have no idea what this movie is about at all. Mm-hmm. Short of a couple scenes that happen after the... Space Odyssey 2001 parody. Um, but this looks like a musical. It looks like a, like a full-on Barbie musical. Which, if it is, I'm all in. But I, I don't know what to expect. When will we find out more, Kitty? What, like, what do your people tell you? <laughs> do your people tell you? I mean, you? like, my people have been, like, creating costumes on YouTube based on leaked images from this film. <laughs> your people. So, like... <laughs> So my people are not normal, and I don't know if we should be trusted. But um, I, I I think I have to lump myself into those people since I definitely have at least thirty Barbies still in their original packaging in my um, purview currently. Yeah, and as you said, like a movie like this, if it is successful, could all of a sudden make Barbies collectible again. 
it could suddenly be the thing that brings value <laughs> to these things <laughs> that I was told as a child would be valuable that are definitely not. But none of mine are actually probably in a good enough condition to be actually valuable. But they are still valuable to me and that they are still beautiful and still have their hair unmussed and have all of their accessories, which is really all that I wanted as a child was for no one to mess up my stuff. Um <laughs> You didn't keep growing it in the up wrapper, in a big just, family things. <laughs> yeah, you took it out of the packaging and then cemented it in like liquid resin that no one could ever touch it. I mean, I think they would have held more value if I had done that. They are, in fact, in their original packaging. They're just very like dusty and were stored in a not climate controlled um, my parents' basement for several years. <laughs> so that happens. You know. But yeah, I would love it if Barbie became cool again, because Barbie has had a huge image issue. And it's weird because like the dolls that have come to replace Barbie, like everyone was like, oh, Barbie is like this unrealistic image and, you know, we should make her more real and stop being so ridiculous. And they they tried to do that. And the dolls that have come in to replace Barbie are like Bratz and Monster High, which are not even humans and (laughs) Rainbow High and all of these other dolls, LOL surprise dolls, which like talk about unrealistic proportions. Their heads are like watermelons it's it's insane (laughs) but i don't have the same affection for those dolls that i have for barbie because i grew up with barbie and i was too old for those things when they came out and barbie is still where it's at for me and maybe you know now they're targeting moms to buy i would love some really ridiculous unrealistic barbies to buy for my child because that's what the that's what's fun about it (laughs) <laughs> but whatever i i've never been a barbie person um you don't surprise, say surprise i guess yeah I love barbie. I mean, and, and it's it's not i mean i wouldn't necessarily rule it out and i growing up i liked a lot of things that people would call girly i'm a huge fan of musicals if barbie's a musical it could become one of my favorite movies we can see um but barbie like dolls in general yeah, unless they were He-Man dolls, which we didn't call dolls, we called action figures. Um, <laughs> action they... figures were the things that I stole from my brother to date my Barbies because Ken was kind of meh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but um, no, yeah, Google Barbie teaser trailer and just sit back, grab some popcorn, and enjoy the show. I'm very excited yeah. about it. Um, I will also say that I wasn't just into Barbie. I also have a lot of American Girl doll interests. Um, <laughs> so I did have more historical. I read all those books. There's not a lot of reading involved in Barbie. So, you know, no. I, I am a um, general doll enthusiast of the 90s. Well, we also have some time to prepare for this movie as it's not coming out until Christmas of 2023. But I might need all of that time to prepare myself mentally <laughs> for this excitement. <laughs> get all the packages out, dust it all off, get it all pristine. Yeah. Start my new YouTube channel in which I talk about Barbie exclusively. You know. Yep. Let me talk about my retro Barbie collection. All right. All right. Well, um, we didn't think we were going to be able to uh, banter. We bantered. But I Thanks, can keep Fletcher. going. <laughs> no, we're done. We're going to talk about My other favorite things retro we're looking Barbie? forward to. No, this is this. What is, is your favorite retro Barbie? This is something. Yeah, we're looking forward is to it. Roller skate Barbie. Roller skate Barbie. What is your favorite retro Barbie? Like one that I own, or just like favorite retro Barbie? Period. The one, the one, one you own, or one that you really want to own. Mm. 
I really liked the holiday Barbies. The the holiday Barbies are very um, fun still. I have a Nutcracker Barbie that might be one of my favorites. She's very fancy ballerina. I think she's the sugar plum fairy from the Nutcracker. Me and my sister had like kind of complimentary collections. So it's hard to remember whose is whose. (laughs) So I'm googling barbie halloween because i'm just curious and this is actually showing me a bunch of people dressed as barbie for halloween did were there any barbie halloween specific dolls i think so but the holiday barbie like the christmas barbie was the big deal of the year okay and still is for some people interesting interesting not me but maybe me i feel like last year's costume was a little lackluster outfit i don't know what you call it with barbie as much as I love Barbie, I'm not really in the. Is there even a Barbie community? I don't know. Oh, there's. I'm gonna there's go on internet. Discord and find some. some find of my a people. Discord Barbie. Um, I do follow Makara Tours, who is like, she has a she painted her car pink and decorated it with Barbie everything before I think this movie was coming out. But maybe <laughs> she already knew. I don't know. She's known for a long time. She already made the cowboy outfit. It's great. If you are in any way into Barbie, you should go check out her videos because she is delightful. Insane, but delightful. All right. So that's for the crossover audience <laughs> of board game podcast know, maybe listeners. Maybe Courtney. And probably not even Barbie. Courtney. <laughs> <laughs> I lost Courtney All even this time. Four of a you. A bridge too far. <laughs> and I'm going to use my segue again that I already used, but I'm using it. Speaking of other things that were. Looking forward to in 2023. Um, Let's talk about games. Okay. I gave you guys a link. This link is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine lines of text long. Um, I'm not going to put it in the show notes. Luckily, you sent it to me on iPhone because that it it turned it into a little box that was normal sized on my phone (laughs) that you just click on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So if you are interested in how we came about these lists, there's two ways that I used. Um, The one that I recommended for them uh, is going to uh, BoardGameGeek.com, doing advanced search and looking for games that are published in 2023. Then sort by the number of votes, which is really just the amount of people who are also interested in the game. Because that way you kind of bubble the more the bigger games to the top. It's easier to kind of start from that direction. Um, I also did that, but then most of my list comes from Kickstarters or GameFound campaigns that have yet to fulfill, as those are some of the games that I'm most looking forward to. So that's how I did my list, and Fletcher did his list the exact same way. Um, His Kickstarter (laughs) games are zero, though. I, I went through Kickstarter... Looked at all the stuff that I backed to see what I was most excited about. It was nothing. I moved on with my life. (laughs) (laughs) Have you even loaded the Kickstarter page ever? Like actively? Do you have a Kickstarter (laughs) account? I do. I've backed, I think, three things on Kickstarter total. None of them are games. Not games. None of them are games. (laughs) All right. Did you back the potato salad, salad, Fletcher? I did not back the potato salad. No. All right. I don't know. I I don't think I backed the potato salad either. Because at that point, I heard about the potato salad, and I'm like, okay, Kickstarter is stupid. And then I heard about board games, and I'm like, I'll forget about the potato salad. Well, I thought like board games. I was like, Kickstarter is cool, but I was like, I don't understand how this was like allowed on the platform. This makes no sense. Allowed then, on the platform? 
Yeah, like they allowed it to go on the platform, right? Oh, like the I'm, I'm going to make a potato salad. <laughs> and it's like, uh, oh, you have, I don't know, I forgot what it got up to. It was some insane amount of money. It's like, yeah, it was tens of thousands of dollars to make potato salad. His yeah. goal was like 12 bucks or something like that. Yeah. And then they shut it down. They're like, uh, yeah, this is dumb. You can't actually do this. I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. But he did, he did do it though. I thought they took like it off. He, I think they did a potato salad part. We're getting way off topic. I know. But now now I need to find out. I thought they did a potato salad pu- party or something, and then he gave a lot of it to charity or something like that. If I, But now I don't know anymore. Kitty's checking her Kickstarters. I already What'd checked my miss? Kickstarters. Now I'm just um, checking Kickstarter. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just decided that, like, I think I need salad. to back some stuff. After, after my <laughs> all right, we're gonna we're with... gonna close the potato salad loop here. Um, okay. Zach Danger Brown made a Kickstarter saying, "I'm making potato salad." It was let's see, his goal was ten dollars. He raised fifty five thousand four hundred ninety two dollars uh, with six thousand nine hundred and eleven backers. Um, his story basically: I'm just making potato salad and haven't decided what kind yet. And that was the Kickstarter page. Then he started making stretch goals. $35, he'll make four times as much potato salad. $75, he'll make a pizza party. $100, I'll make two different potato salad recipes. Um, then, then he started posting, we made the lose. New stretch goals at $1,200. Another stretch goal at $3,000. Um, yeah. There's like a bite of potato salad was like one of the things I remember. He was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. Maybe I'll freeze dry it and send it to people or something like it, it was crazy. There was a cookbook that came out with this. Um, yeah, here there's there was uh, <laughs> the potato salad. It, it was a it was a fun little news article. It is actually a pretty good picture of potato salad. I wish I liked potato salad, but I don't. So we're you don't not like potato talk about salad? Eh, not really. You don't like potato? Uh, potato's fine. It's the cold, the whatever makes it creamy, and the Mayonnaise. fact that most people put onions in it. Um, all of that combined makes me yeah. hesitant to touch potato salad. Oh. It's not just that they put onions in it. They put like just straight up raw crunchy boys in there, and I can't raw do it. crunchy boys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not good. Um, How else would you describe them, Fletcher? <laughs> Also, I hang out with children too much. <laughs> so, also, Merry Christmas to everybody. And sorry for the 20 minutes of non-game talk. But in our defense, we're going to talk about games now. Ready, go. Kickstarter did it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So, I I do want to mention one thing that's not a game that I'm looking forward to. And that is the campaign for the next Marvel United Kickstarter. Which was announced just moments ago as we record this um there is a new marvel united kickstarter coming out for the marvel multiverse which is all of the kind of what if characters or different uh universe characters in the marvel universe and yeah i have all of this stuff and i can't wait to spend more money getting all of the rest of it call it an addiction I just love chibi superheroes. And yeah, that's the number one thing I'm looking forward to for this year um, is buying another game. Actually, that's probably the number four or five, but it's really high on my list is buying another game. Um, Kitty, what is something that you are looking forward to this year? Oh boy, I wasn't prepared to go this early. I got distracted <laughs> by Kickstarter. 
Um, <laughs> Are these games or just in general? Switch Windows. Games, games. We're only talking about games for the next, I don't know, eight or nine minutes. Okay. So this is just one that um, popped up on the list, looked fun, and I have no idea how to say this because it is a Swedish word. Um, I'm going to guess Fika, F-I-K-A. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's about I coffee. <laughs> it's about <laughs> coffee? Right. It's about coffee. Oh. Um, That's right in yeah. the wheelhouse. Buttons, cats, coffee, something like that. Barbie. Yep. You had them. Nailed it. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> so this just looks like a, um, it's a two-player game. Uh, it has art by Beth Sobel, which is why I immediately was drawn to it, because I can spot her artwork a mile away, apparently, and it doesn't matter what the game is or who designed it, but if Beth Sobel did the art, I buy it. I just do. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, you are... Let's see. I lost my keywords here because I tried to look up at things. So it is a set collection pattern building game where you're trying to score points. It's just, you know, whoever has the most points wins. And you're trying to, um, like play cards to get the, the most points, but it's, it's coffee basically theme. a card. It's game. fun. It's a card yeah. game. It's fun. It's cute. It's coffee. Yeah. It's, it's a card <laughs> game with cute little. Um, croissants and coffees and lattes and like it looks fancy. Donut it's art. Yeah. Swedish, you know. All right, experience this the Swedish coffee culture tete a tete. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't own it, but I would play it. You'd play it when I pull it out of my pocket. I would. I would. All right. I like that. Um, Fletcher, what is a game that you are looking forward to? So I click on this uh, link that was a paragraph long and um, load it up. <laughs> And actually, the very first one on this on this uh, in, in this whole list, actually, it was like, oh, this seems kind of interesting. It's called Darwin's Journey. Me- immediately jumped out at me. Uh, retrace Darwin's journey to the Galapagos in a worker placement adventure. I like worker placement games. The uh, the theming seems kind of interesting on this. And uh, I watched a little bit of like a a review and and um, how it's played. And it is like a set of massive. You know, a bunch of board. This is like a Euro Euro game, which seems like it could be the title of its own board game (laughs) if it wanted to be. Euro the Euro game? Yeah, Euro the Euro game. Um, But it's just a worker placement Euro game. Seems pretty interesting. The theming looks looks cool. The art I I enjoy. Um, Don't have much more information than that. Uh, But this looks like a game that I would be interested in playing. Have you heard anything about this, this Chris? This is also on my list. Um, It was a Kickstarter that I want to say early 2020. um, And it was supposed to deliver in November of 21. We're in December of 22 at the moment. Uh, So it's a little, little late, but it's, it's going to happen. And yeah, this is one. I was a little hesitant because this is, this is a Kickstarter that I backed. And this was when I was like trying to be a little bit more selective but this looks like a heavy euro with some interesting, you know, there's multi-tracks, multiple multiple boards, multiple boards that you're kind of progressing on and stuff. And it's been so long. But as I watched the video at the time, I'm like, yeah, I want this. This looks cool. I should back it. And I did. And now I'm still waiting for it, along with half of the other games on this list. <laughs> 
Um, speaking of one that I know is not on either of your lists, another one that was supposed to fulfill in November of 21, and one that is getting close, they say, they are in production of this now, that is Harry Potter Catch the Snitch. This is Quidditch, Quidditch the board game. And if you know Harry Potter and if you know Quidditch, you know the game doesn't work. Like, it just is a broken Mm. game. It's a broken game. (laughs) It's a broken game. That's the whole point. Um, (laughs) It's the whole point of it is it's just broken. And it works fine in fiction. Like, if you want to tell a story, you can can do that. If you want to say, oh, the World Cup, the... You know, Seeker caught the snitch and they lost. And like, that would never, ever happen. That's how you get fired from a team is, oh, you caught it because you wanted to make yourself look good, but make the team lose. Yeah, that would just never happen. Anyway, this game potentially solves some of those issues by making the game part actually matter. And the game part matters because the better you do during the game, the better chance you have of catching the snitch at the catch the snitch portion of the game uh there's tons of miniatures there's uh like all the different characters that you know in the movie and for all the quidditches and stuff um are all there and i'm really really hoping this is a good game uh it could be terrible but one of the reasons why i hope it's a good game is because this is a game that i think sydney would play with me more than once and (laughs) for heads up games for if it's just her and i there aren't a lot of games that will trump something like homeworld or keyforge so I have to keep, it has to be something that will actually keep her attention and be different enough to say, okay, yes, I'll play this. So that's Harry Potter. Catch the snitch. Um, all right, Fletcher, what's your next one? Oh, back to me. Um, oh, wait, no, Kitty. Kitty, you started first. <laughs> you guys didn't put your notes in here, so I don't actually know where we're at. I mean, it, there's three of us. Is it hard to keep track? It is. It Apparently is really for Chris. <laughs> um, so the next one on my list is Trailblazers, another card game. This is, once again, one that the art caught my eye. And you are trying to build biking and kayaking trails. And so you are dealt a number of cards, and then you draft some more cards. And you have your own little personal area where you're trying to um, kind of overlap your cards to create these little bike paths and kayak pads and it's it just looks like a fun kind of tile card game it's very kind of like color blocky looking i don't know how to describe it but uh it just looked simple fun easy quick to learn quick to play make a big mess with a bunch of cards on a table so i literally feel like we're at a convention and you're looking at a completely different list of games (laughs) than I am. Chris is, I know. I know, every time. I mean, that's why we hang out with each other, because I make you do things like play Look at the Stars, which you never would have played, just based on the art. I would have never played it. But like when we go to a convention, I'm looking at all the big flashy booths, and Kitty's like, look at this card game I found. I'm like, okay, let's play it. (laughs) And we end up playing it right then and there because it takes like 15 minutes to figure it out and it's easy peasy and it's fun then they're usually pretty good so i would say um check out trailblazers it doesn't look actually (laughs) bad (laughs) that is not on my list but (laughs) check it out (laughs) all right fletcher what's on your list um so another one that i found that seemed interesting obviously i'm not saying that these are all good games it just seemed like these are interesting to me. This is what caught our eyes on yeah. the list. Yeah. So 
One I found is called Pole Position. Have you seen this? Anybody seen this? I've heard of. I have not actually looked too deep into it. Okay. So to me, this kind of looks like a mixture of Car Wars and what was that other game that we played before Car Wars? That's like that's a, a racing more, game? Yeah, but it's it's a little bit more. It's It was like racing with guns while Car Wars is more like car combat. Do you know what I'm hmm. talking about? We played it right before I, we played Car Wars. Uh, oh, are you talking about um, Gaslands? Maybe. Maybe it's Gaslands. Yeah. Because there's a track that we had to go well, around. Well, there, w- yeah, you can. Um, but you can do that here. So this, this is, this I is would Formula say One if racing. I was looking at this, I would say most people would look at this and either compare it to Rallyman GT or possibly, um, oh, Formula, no. Oh, it's it's escaping me. The most popular, I think, I don't want to say Formula D because I don't think it's Formula D. Um, but go ahead and describe this and I'll so, find out what that other one is. This looks like it's, it's they describe it as a strategy game about Formula One racing. So it's all about car positioning and um, strategy about, you know, doing laps around the track. The track looks interesting. The gameplay looks interesting. I couldn't find, I went to the Kickstarter page to get more information about it, but it they just had like a a video with like no description of what is actually happening. <laughs> <laughs> when I was like, I, okay, this, this gameplay could be cool. It looks interesting. This, this actually does look interesting. So um Downforce is the is the other one I was thinking of. But it's the reason why it looks more like Rallyman GT to me is because there's a lot more spots on the track as you're going around. And there's a lot more going on on the track, as far as I can tell. Um, with Downforce, it, the tracks are just much, you know, smaller. Um, I don't know what the gameplay is like, but I have found that I do like racing games. And Pole Position looks like a pretty cool Racing game, double layered boards. I'm guessing this was a Kickstarter. It um, is. Let's see. It was a Kickstarter. And Comes with little minis, which means you may never be able to see it. Right. Um, but it has. It is the ultimate racing game. Raised thirty six thousand dollars. Um, three hundred and twenty nine backers, and it looks pretty good. The estimated delivery is December twenty three. So they didn't like. They're not under promising or anything. So this is out. At the end of the year. All right. This looks cool. I might have to look into this a little bit. Oh, anyway. wait. Hmm. I lied. This is an active Kickstarter. This can be backed oh. right now. Oh. And somebody is backing Fletcher, it right You should now. do it. For the first time ever. <laughs> this live on air. Back this Kickstarter. I'm definitely <laughs> not backing a Kickstarter. But it's one of the games you're most looking forward to in 2023. <laughs> but see... Chris just says that, that you he's genuinely are. <laughs> <laughs> he knows it's I'm getting true. it. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Chris so here's the thing. Chris has the boat. So, I, you know, I'll just take a ride on his yeah. boat. Do I get the base game? This is this is a dangerous episode. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm just going to back the base game. and It is really a dangerous episode because I also backed a game during this episode already. <laughs> this is... Spoiler. <sighs> we'll get there later. Yeah. yeah what well, we're looking forward to. Um, okay. All right. So this was not on my list. Um, it is now on my list as You're I welcome. am backer number. Um, where's the backer number? You don't get to know. You're not special Wait. enough. Normally it tells me, okay, your backer number, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh, but this did not, this does not tell me the backer number anymore. Kickstarter and making their changes. Well, anyway, it's now on my list. Um, so now 
my next one, um, I'm going to do a couple of them because I think I may have more than you guys do. You do. Um, and one of them is super, super obvious. That's Cthulhu Death May Die Season 3 and 4. Uh, this is just a continuation of Cthulhu Death May Die. And it's the best game out there, really. Um, or at least the top five for me. And I love it. But Nostalgia that's coming out. So that's December 23rd is when it's supposed to come out. Um, but the Nostalgia pick I'm throwing out there is something I just recently backed called Heroes of Might and Magic. Um which, if Ugh, you were nostalgia. in the... That's... Ah, I love it. Um, 90s, early 2000s, sometime around there. Heroes of Might and Magic was is a was a computer role-playing game. Is a computer role-playing game? Um, sort it of. <laughs> it's, it's more of... It was, it was always kind Not of really. a solo board game. Uh, it's, a, it's a weird game. It is. Because, like, you have... You have a hero, but you could have multiple heroes. So you're not playing like one character. So you've kind of got pieces. But you are that playing you're like moving around a, a board. kingdom of sort. Like you're you're you have a flag. You have your group. It's just this it, game is it was, so hard to describe. Yeah, it's kind of you like run around, a civilization you, game, but fantasy, but with adventure. Because you can run yeah. around, you go, you can go into dungeons and find relics and make your troops better, and then you have to fight. Like it's just it monsters, was a really fun game. And there's also like AI players running around that you can also fight. And yeah. I always liked the like scenarios that you could play, where it like set up certain like win conditions and stuff. But yeah. I'm like I said, I'm just really looking forward to it. It's done by um, I wish I knew. Hold on. Heroes of Might and Magic. That is that's not at all. Um, this is it's done by. Um, oh, I should know this. They do a lot of video game adaptations, and they do a pretty good job. Um, here we go. The uh, Archon Studios, mm. who's also done the Wolfenstein board game, Monster of the Universe, but of the European version, Chronicle X. Um, uh, those aren't even the big ones. There's a few others, but they are a decent studio. I'm looking forward to it, and that's that's my uh, that's another one of my picks right now. All right, Kitty, what is a game that you would like to play in 2020? All right, so I don't actually know if I want to play this game. I'll preface this, <laughs> but I was intrigued by this game, and I thought you certainly would not be talking about it. This is Redwood. So. <sighs> It reminds me a little bit of photosynthesis. Feel, feels a little photosynthesis-y to me here. You are trying to get line of sight. You are a wildlife photographer trying to get line of sight on the most um, beautiful panorama. And there's literally like you have these little photographer figurines with like a a. a piece of plastic that you put on the board that you can see what your photographer is photographing that like you're, and you're trying to set up the the most beautiful vista for your photographer and also not other people's and <laughs> you should just go look at pictures of this because i'm doing a terrible job describing it it's very hard to describe verbally what is going on because it is a very visual game but yeah, you're, you've got this circular board, and you're trying to set up your photographer to have the best view with like it, cards and tokens and it looks adorable bits on a board. It yeah, um, it looks adorable. <laughs> I don't you got know little critters running around. 
Yep. I don't know if this is a game that I would play as well. So, but it's, I don't know why I wouldn't play it. It's really just a point optimization game. You're right. You're trying mm-hmm. to get as many things in your, in your um, field of view. I don't know that, if I'd play it with Josh. <laughs> uh, sure. Unless right. we've got nine hours to kill. Yep. And there is the, it's not exact because this, this little uh, pie slice can kind wedge. of be rotated in Boy. any direction like this wedge. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, this looks, this looks cute. Again, you found something that is adorable that I would never have given a second glance to. That's why I'm here. Uh, I bring those eyes. (laughs) Why are you here? Why am I here? All right. So the next game that I found that was interesting (laughs) is. I mean, you backed his last pick. Notice that he didn't answer. (laughs) That's true. Oh, right. I did back his last pick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, be careful, Chris. Um, so the next game that seems interesting to me is Starship Interstellar. So um, this game... Let's see if it's an active Kickstarter. <laughs> so Chris can back it. <laughs> um, this looks kind of like a, a Euro-y type game uh, with a huge board. Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of terraforming Mars where you're kind of working together to terraform the planet, but you are also kind of competing with each other to see who can get, or, you know, who can do the most to terraform the planet and get the most victory points. Um, this, this board is absolutely huge. Uh, I watched a video a little bit about this and, uh, they have a, like a lot of 3d plastic models, a lot of interesting minis. Um, I think the, concept is pretty cool the idea is that or the story around it is like um this is the sun is going um turning into a red giant so we the earth needs to build a spaceship band together build a spaceship and fly off to another earth-like planet Uh, but in the meantime uh you need to gather materials throughout the galaxy and um build up uh, everything that you need from like cryopods to the ship itself to everything else so this does look interesting like super interesting it the number of things that are going on on this board just looking at the board this is just the blank board i'm looking at um in the upper left quadrant you have this giant solar system with a hundred or so different points of so there's a little there, i know a little bit about these points so like the idea is that every round or i, I don't know when but like the planets actually move so you like move the planets for the turns along the point path okay around the around the path so that your when you go to gather um and collect resources you can spend less fuel if you like advantageously decide like okay like the the distance between these two planets is pretty short right now so i can like easily get here and this solar system has seven planets in it and each planet has a kind of a detailed section on this giant board and then in the upper right, something's happening. It looks like moons or something. And in the bottom, it, this is this is a giant. The upper right is like the the counter to count down to the uh, sun going um, red giant. So that's kind of like your countdown timer. It's like spiraling inward. It's kind of hard to see from there. But I watched a bit of a like a let's play. All right. Well, it looks like it was kickstarted about ten months ago. And yeah, this this looks interesting. I would play this. Um, play time 90 to 120 minutes. That feels and, and one to four. It's a solo mode. Interesting. I'm very interested in this one. I'm not going to back it because the Kickstarter is already done. Uh, one that I did back, um, 
there's a bunch that I did back, but I'm going to talk about two more because uh, they're uh, no, I'm going to talk about one, two, two more <laughs> because they're they're not related at all. But one of them's common knowledge, and that's the Keyford Winds of Exchange Kickstarter. Super looking forward to actually getting my hands on the set and playing real decks. Although we still we have about a dozen decks that we got from Keyforge Celebration, uh, but all of them are really cool and the decks play fun and really just every time you open up one of these decks, it could be the best deck you've ever seen. So, and I don't mean that because Keyforge that's a a catchphrase. I mean that because Winds of Exchange is overpowered. Um, or not overpowered, but more powerful than any of the other sets. In my opinion, time will tell whether or not I'm right or not. The other one I'm going to talk about, though, is Final Girl Series 2, which is a solo-only game where you are playing the final girl in a horror movie, and it's a mix-and-match. You pick your... Uh, setting you pick your villain you pick your final girl and then you attempt to survive and it is a really really good solo game um plays in under an hour um it can play a lot more than that if you really want to be thinking about it it's a lot of dice rolling there's a couple house rules that i kind of mix in there but it's a solo game so i can do whatever i want um and the house rules just make the the brutal difficulty of the game uh, a little less brutal. But that's Final Girl. It's awesome. It's coming out soon. I just got the Series 1 stuff a month or two ago, and I can't wait to get more of it. So back to you, Kitty. What is the next one you're super excited about? Hens. Hens? <laughs> you did I this on purpose. <laughs> I, saw, I saw that game. And when I saw it this game, I was so like, I bet Kitty would like this game. <laughs> <laughs> in hens you are a hen breeder in each round you will play a hen card from your hand to create a harmonious barnyard with different hen breeds <laughs> at the end of the game you will also earn points from your largest group of hens of the same breed in your barnyard and um, there's a rooster meeple and it just looks fun and yeah the, it's tile placement pattern building goodness looks fun and there's and there's eggs involved. This is just totally a, uh, a wingspan ripoff, though. I mean, there's eggs and uh, chickens. Not even close. Nope. Not in any way, shape, or form. No. None, none of the actual game mechanics. I mean, in the fact that there are birds, yeah. But n- that's about it. <laughs> um, so I accidentally just am going to back another Kickstarter. Because while I was looking is at PGA, it an ad came up. <laughs> And the ad came up on the ends um, thing, which is a $5 print and play for a pretty cool looking roll and write. So now I need to get this as well. Thanks a lot, Board Game Geek Geek Ads. You work. All right, Hens, we're not going to talk anything more about Hens. Um, No, we really covered it. (laughs) Yeah, we're not, just not. I am going to talk about a couple that are just reprints. Um, before I talk to Fletcher again. And that's 51st States, the Ultimate Edition, which I don't own, but I played once on the board game, or on Dice Tower Cruise, and I liked it enough to back the 
reprint with all the stuff in it and i'm looking forward to playing it more like i think there's a lot here there's a lot of depth here i just have only played it once and i'm like i want to play that again and then another one that i was really on the fence for because i've heard miscellaneous things about how hard this is and i don't really care for the theme of it at all but then i went out and bought the base game while it was on kickstarter the preprint was on kickstarter and then i went all in and that's robinson crusoe this game is amazing like it's just so good it's so thematic it's hard but it's possible to beat and there's a ton of scenarios and setups and this version here just includes everything plus a whole lot of miniatures that you really don't need but the miniatures look cool so i'll take them anyway and in fact i don't mean that you don't need them i mean that you would never actually want to play with them because (laughs) It's this is uh, you have two action points and which are like these discs. And if you take both those action points and put them on one spot, you just stack the discs and this like an auto success with the miniatures. You can't stack them. They're just, just two miniatures. And so if they're on the same spot, it gets kind of cluttered. Um, I'll probably play with them still. But that's Robinson Crusoe. <laughs> um, all right, Fletcher. What is your next one? What is your quest? Um, so the next one I picked is Cube Monster. So this is... <laughs> why are you shaking your head? Um, I'm, I'm just... I, he's just always I, amazed that like we don't just all come up with the same list. Because he's like, no, obviously, these are the good games the <laughs> on reason, the list. <laughs> the reason why I love doing this is because you guys have such different perspectives on everything. <laughs> um, it's just sometimes I'm just not ready for Cube Master. Cube Monster. Cube Monster. Please, um, Chris. Which keep up. does... Is this a giant cube mountain in the middle of the board? Yes. <laughs> and so then off to the side is a cube tree shaped like a hand holding yeah, cube monsters. Holding more cubes in it. Yeah. So I was reading a little bit about this game. It seems interesting. It seems like a, a like a en- engine builder deck game. Um mixed in with like a few RPG elements. Um, I don't understand the whole cube thing. I I mean, I I guess they just wanted to theme it against the most easy mini to kind of create, which is a bunch of squares. Um, But you like pick a hero, you pick a deck, you kind of draft everything. It looked kind of interesting. So it immediately stood Um, out to me. And I was like, I would play this game. It's one of the most thematic actual cube pushers i've ever seen yeah uh, so i'm gonna give i'm gonna give that a yeah this this is adorable like i'm not i've never seen a game actually make cubes look this adorable <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if they're supposed to be adorable but they are is, is that no i mean they're like pastel colors <laughs> but it's and then like there's like some mini, mini heroes like thrown cubes. in or something yeah, yeah. i'd eat these pieces uh, that's what I'm saying. As we've talked about before, my my problem with games that look like I want to eat them. These are candy enough, like, that they, I would have a problem not putting it in my mouth. They look cool. All right. I'm going to go again because I have to catch, catch up, keep up with you guys. Um, Dune War for Arrakis. I, I saw do that. not like Dune. You I don't hate like Dune? Dune? The movie or hate the book it. or everything? Everything about Dune. Um, <laughs> Except for the game. Well, even, even, well, Dune Imperium is a fantastic game, an amazing game, and there's a ton of Dune games out there. But I'm not a huge fan of Dune because A, 
the first movie, the original movie, was pretty bad. And the second movie that just recently came out that everyone went gaga over was also pretty bad. Um, no. It was, a good it was movie. just so boring and brown. And none of it, like, <laughs> it's just, it was, it's bad. But I'm getting to, I'm going to, I felt the same way about Lord of the Rings, though. Um, the thing with these boring giant, and brown, boring, yes. just boring. Chris, Chris has boring a problem with um. <laughs> boring things. Um, but the thing is with these, you have to get into the world. The more you get into the world, the more you get into all of the various aspects of it, the more it like it stops becoming boring and starts becoming, oh, that's what this is all about. And a game that really did that for me for. Uh, Lord of the Rings was War of the Rings, a two-player amazing game. Every time you play that, like you want to know more about this world you're playing in. Well, these designers of that game went out and decided, okay, we're going to design one for Dune. And so the same designers of one of my favorite games of all time has designed a dueling Dune War for Arrakis game. And yeah, I have to try this out. Like I have to play this i have to say is this the game that's going to make me understand why people like this dune world universe story whatever it is um i don't know but these designers are amazing and i'm super excited to play it so that's dune war for arrakis all right kitty what do you got in 1958 dimitri <laughs> Belyov and ludmilla tuss started an experiment on domestication from a large group of foxes, they selected one that reacted to humans with more curiosity and less aggression. In each generation, they selected only the friendliest pups to become parents, hoping to recreate <laughs> the process that originally led to domesticate thousands of years ago. <laughs> this game this is, is the called fox experiment. The fox experiment, yeah. <laughs> and is this another breeding trying, game? <laughs> it is a I didn't realize that breeding games were a subset of games that I enjoyed, but apparently it is. So this is um, Elizabeth this is Hargrave based on real designed life. this. This is a real experiment that's still ongoing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it turns out that it doesn't take very long for them to look just like dogs. But spoilers. <laughs> yes. So this is um, Elizabeth Hargrave designed this um, with Pandasaurus games. And this is a... Um, Roll and write, one to four player, um, make this some foxes roll and cute. Write? Yeah, uh, that's what the the board game geek page says. Hmm. Is, is that it's a roll and write mechanism? I would say it probably has that mechanism, but I don't think it has sheets. I think what happens is you are rolling dice. It's and then based um, on what you a dry do, erase placing board. Yeah, interesting. So yeah, you're collecting trait dice that you roll to see what traits your foxes get. And yeah, the roy- the roll and write aspect of it does seem more subtle than the actual rest of the game. But there is definitely some writing and noting down. I just don't want to put people off because the game looks pretty cool. It looks really, really fun. This is so I, I was reverse ordering from games that I just kind of picked to this one. I am 100% going to get and um the rest of my games are things I already backed on Kickstarter. So, <laughs> so as you get foxes to breed, you name them. I think you name them. No, this these have to be pre-named. This is a font. Okay, no, maybe it's not. Like this looks like this is written out. <laughs> All right. Well, I can keep reading. 
Uh, no, I um, think this is a dry erase where you, where you, the, all the cards are also dry erase because there is a fox named Fart on the, in this picture I'm looking at right now. So um, uh, I'm I assuming done it. somebody wrote that in, and this may be just Kitty playtesting it at this point. Um, yeah, no, the fox experiment. This looks good. Yeah, it looks really fun. Um, I'm right. excited about it. All right, let's see. Um, I keep waiting. All right, this one is probably one of my most anticipated. And this is The Witcher Old World. This is was near the top of the list I sent you guys. So I don't know if this caught anyone else's attention or not. But this is sort of um, an adventure Euro game. I think I'm just going to put it there. So you're, you're going around from point to point. Like you are managing your team and crew and you're hunting monsters. And everything happens in the same thing. But there's a story. There's story elements to it. There's like, I, I don't know. All I know is when the campaign was going on two years ago, I was super excited for it. Uh, it was supposed to deliver in June of this year. It hasn't yet, but they're in the process of like getting final stuff printed up. So yeah, The Witcher Old World, I'm, I'm hoping it's good. I have two friends from work that also backed this. So there's three of us, probably the only three people who will ever play this game. Um, well, that I'll ever play this game with, uh, all own it now it was very successful and that yeah that's the witcher old world all right fletcher uh so the next one i have on the list is called hacktivity <clears throat> this is <laughs> i'm always i always like the faces that you make every time <laughs> i announce what i'm uh, what what is interesting to me uh so hacktivity is um a cooperative four-player cooperative game that is like hand management push your luck um, I really like the art style and, um, the theming is actually pretty cool. Uh, so what you're trying to do is, um, eliminate, uh, viruses in cyberspace. You, you like build up your firewall with the, with your cards and then like deploy programs to help, um, eliminate these viruses in cyberspace. It looked really interesting, honestly. And it kind of like caught my attention. Um, it does look very interesting and it, the quality of the components look really nice. And the Kickstarter is probably... I, I, I can't find the Kickstarter. But um, all right, fine. I'm not going to back this. There is a Kickstarter for it. But I can't find a link on BoardGameGeek. But um, yeah, I'm not going to back this. But had I seen it... See, this is why it's very good that we don't do the Kickstarter. We don't cover all this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Because I would have already backed this. Um, mm-hmm. It's, let's see, it funded and it will deliver sometime in early next year, according to what I'm looking at right now. No, this looks interesting. I might have to track this down, maybe. I will watch reviews of this. That's what I'll do. I'll watch somebody play it. I'll watch the one-stop co-op shop. They do a great job at playing all these solo games and... This looks to be like one of them that they could play. So I'm going to do that. I'm, I like that. All right, done. Um, my next one is Arida. I'm going to call it Ariada, Arida, Arida. I don't know. Uh, it's by the same designers that did Zaya. So Zaya is this space sandbox game. And Arida looks like a fantasy sandbox game or at least that's what i'm hoping it is i backed it without doing any kind of research on it whatsoever because zaya is that good that if the same designer's like here is my fantasy passion project boom backed 
Here's my money. Take it. Now, it is going to be a little while before it releases because of, I believe there were some issues, like personal issues with uh, the designer that slowed things down a bit. But hopefully we will see it and I will be super, super happy. And let's see, November update, campaign testing, poll results, and UI map. So everything's going good. Everything's looking good. I'm looking forward to this game. I want to play it. I want to play it now. That's Aridia? 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 Aridia. A-R-Y-D-I-A. That could be Aridia, right? Could be. Your guess is as good as mine. We're just going to leave you to struggle with this. If yeah. I knew how to say it, I would have helped. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'm going to go with it. It's made up, so I get to make it up anyway. All right. Who are we on? Kitty? <clears throat> I think it's me. And finally, the one that you have been trying not to step on my toes <laughs> to about. To avoid. Yep. <laughs> is um, the Seventh Citadel. This is probably like one of the biggest games I have ever backed on Kickstarter. I have actually backed this. I am going to receive it at some point. I had to email a human to get them to change my address to ship this to my new house. But I've done that. I did it. I did the work and I'm excited. So this is a follow-up to Seventh Continent. It is an exploration adventure game set in a post-apocalyptic medieval fantasy world where you play as a slave gardener delightful, who escapes from the citadel of a necrodruid um, only to find yourself confronted by a greater threat and you have a million cards which you are going to use to explore and create um, your your board and this gigantic landscape that I'm very excited about. Yeah, this looks like a major step up from Seventh Continent. Um, It's the same basic system but with a little bit more adventure in it versus just straight up exploration survival, which is what mm-hmm. um, Seventh Continent was. Um, so you can you can survive with a sword versus just needing to make sure you have enough food to make it through the night and you could just die randomly. Um, not necessarily randomly in Seventh uh, Continent, but yeah, uh, this is definitely on my list. I'm looking forward to like trying this out. I liked the Seventh Continent system. Um, one of the missteps they took was making that first scenario that they recommend like 12 to 15 hours long, which meant <laughs> that you couldn't actually finish it in a sitting. And Sydney and I probably had two or three sittings and we still couldn't finish it. And it just keeps you like these, they need to be a little bit shorter so that you can actually finish and feel like you're making progress. And it's like, okay, now mm-hmm. let's try the next next one, next one. So, yeah, that was Seventh Continent. Um, I think this is, well, this might be my second to last one. And this is Masters of the Universe. This is the Simon version of I the He-Man game. the power. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so the reason I backed this, twofold. One, nostalgia. I really, really liked Masters of the Universe as a kid. Um, I think the Masters of the Universe live-action movie was one of the best movies ever. Um, I will stand by that. And but you can't handle the other Dune. part of it too brown. I, uh, Dune was so bad. Not enough. He Man is He Man. Like He Man does stuff. Dune is sand. Um, so one of the reasons why I backed this though was because. As I understand it, the gameplay is very similar to Rise of Moloch, which is another Simon game that I really liked, but it was more of a steampunky theme. And this is a Master's Universe theme with 
a similar game mechanics. Again, as I understand, I could be wrong. I haven't dug too deep into it. It's still just He-Man. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to playing this. I'm, I think this is, it looks cool. It has every character from the He-Man series. Um, one of my favorite quotes is He-Man, like this was from one of the designers where they were like releasing different characters and stuff. And someone had like said along the lines of, the naming convention to Masters of the Universe characters is not that hard. Skeletor is a skeleton. Beastman's a beast. And it just kind of goes through everything. This was like, exactly, yep, the name of that character is exactly who they are. <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that I just really loved about the Masters of the Universe universe is I was a kid and I understood every single person's motivation because they were named their motivation. All right, Fletcher. What's your last one? All right. So my last one is distilled. So I saw this and I was like, oh, this would go great with viticulture. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it is a distilling game. So it is what it sounds like um, to go with your theme. And uh, this game actually looks really cool. It is um, a four up to, I think it's up to four players and I'm trying to get back to the page because I was looking at all the pictures. It's a hand management, like income market game. Um, so it's not really like viticulture where it's like work replacement. It, the board setup looks more like, um, um, oh man, what's it called? I want to call it spirited, but it's not spirited. It's the, it's the gem collecting one. Um, the gem collecting one. You know what I'm talking about with uh, Splendor. Oh, Splendor. Yeah. The board setup looks like Splendor, but I don't think it plays like Splendor um, because you have like your own little tile set that you have to uh, manage and collect. Um, yeah, and by that, there are three rows of four cards that each come from separate decks. Yeah. Um, but this game looks really cool. And, uh, you know, I might actually pre-order this game because they don't have to back it. You can just pre-order it. Um, and Spoiler alert, it those two things are not different. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> not really. They're yeah, because different. They're, but they're different in an important way because one is ready to ship and the other one is not ready to ship in my mind. <laughs> it's, it's sometimes true. That's sometimes true. I think this one looks actually pretty cool. I've known, I've heard about this one for a while and it's actually one of the higher rated ones in the list um, coming in at number five. And even comes up ahead of Castles and Burgundy Special Edition. Uh, apparently, yeah, you can pre-order this on Amazon right now for seventy bucks. Um, it doesn't look legit, but you can do it. So, yeah, distilled. This is this does look interesting. If you pre-order it, I will come and visit you and play it. Okay, deal. All right, Kitty, what is your last one? Or did you do your last My one? Mycelium, a mushling game. <laughs> I saw this one too. <laughs> it's they're just they're such cute little mushroom boys. I don't know how this game to, plays. As opposed to crispy or, boys. <laughs> you know, everything is a boy in my world. They're just they're just cute little boys. Um I dropped I this link in <laughs> I wasn't sure if this was on your where this fell on your list, Chris, so I just put it in the show notes for you. Um, because I just backed it on Kickstarter. Like I was going to say, I'm pretty sure this ago. is an active Kickstarter because I just saw Dice Tower talk 100%, about this. 100% active Kickstarter. I think it only has hours left. So by the time you guys are listening, this is old news. This is yeah, done. This is, I'm sorry. This is done. You can't go fund, back this. but It did fund yeah. over $200,000. So 
Yep. Um, yeah, there's they're just cute little mushroom boys um, wandering around a forest, putting down some path pieces. And yeah, there's there's one in nutrient cubes. But look at these meeples. <laughs> mushroom meeples. Look at these deluxe gathering mushling meeples. They just look they they've got the creepy little eyes that I love, and I just want to own them. So I do. I I backed it. You you will. You will now own I them. I will in October of twenty twenty three if all goes well. And it's a small enough they game. They shall where be it mine. Could, it could all go well. Most of my games go pretty well. Yeah, there's um the one they were pointing out on the dice tower was um Sporcerer Supreme, which is this <laughs> old looking mushroom with a beard, and he is quite adorable. Um <laughs> there's yeah, you just you have to check this out. If you Maybe there's. If you have a problem with buying cute meeples for no apparent reason, you should not go check this out. Don't. It's (laughs) it's a it's a trap. But, um, but I fell in it, and here we are. Meeples actually make sense here because they are mushroom people. They're definitely meeples. This is they're they're mushroom mushreeples mush eeples. They're mushlings, not mushrooms. Mushrooms. It's not. Mushlings mm. is is the name that it's I'm just mycelium a mushling game. Yeah, um, cube monsters I've just discovered is also active for another few hours. Oh, uh, I'm not gonna buy cube monsters. <laughs> All right. I'm resisting. I've already backed two things. One of them so was for five dollars though. No, it that one is adorable, and I do love it. All right, the last two I'm gonna throw out there. Uh, they're both space games. And one of them is Voidfall, a 4X space Euro, which I think has a ton of potential of awesomeness. And Last Light, which is a 4X game that you can play mostly simultaneously and in an hour. So I'm a big fan of the concept of 4X space games. Not every 4X space game is great. Uh, my current favorites are Twilight Imperium, because that is an amazing game, and um, Eclipse. But I am willing to entertain a Euro 4X space game for sure, and a very fast-playing 4X space game. So that is Voidfall and Last Light. So those are my last two. All right, we did it. We that that's we did a that's lot of That's an episode. We did it. That's an episode. <laughs> um, we went long. Uh, Chris told me and Fletcher, if we go, you know, a little shorter this time, it's fine. And here we are. Yeah. 45. If we get 45 minutes, we're good. Yeah. No, we never go short. Um, everyone have a happy new year. We will talk to you on the other side and we will open up talking about teacher Tcon two, uh, which is a virtual convention. Everyone can participate. Uh, so check us out next week for all the information on that. Uh, bring us out of this. Cause Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. You can be part of our live recordings Monday nights at 8.30 Central Time. Join our Discord to continue the conversation. It is also where you can join us and other listeners in a constant stream of online games on Board Game Arena. Such an awkward sentence, and I just read it every week. Without <laughs> no, <listening. it> is. <laughs> the show notes have all the links you need, and you can always go to tabletopgametalk.com for more information and to search our growing archive of episodes. Hosting fees and giveaways are sponsored by our patrons. 
Adam Harrison, Miles Clark, The Gift of Games. Oops, read that in the wrong order. Sahara Wentworth, Michael Finley, Listener <laughs> Doug. Jason Strong, John Lewis, Joe Hoover, Dana DeHersey, Jim Conrad, Lightning Steve, Gary Bunker, Peter Fleming, Andrew Fayash, John Williams, Sir Sully, Matthew Joke, Timothy, Paul Romer, Nicholas Lotz, Weatherman Keith, Leanne Verhul, Stephen Judd, Marina Stevens, Ben Gary, Sean Peck, Michael Yanikowski, Jeremy Fisher, Christopher Dong, Terrence Miltner, R- Richard Yossi, Token Fan Forever, Stephen Falcon, Joe Romero, David Radke, Brian Arnold, Courtney Falk, Ryan Ellett, Dan, Dan Seed, Darren McClellan, David Garner, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, Agnes Toth, Ron Nelson, Aaron Moore, Don Gilstrap, Glenn Cotter, Eric Splander, Adrian Dong, Eric Huffman, Jason Rodney, Justin Wheeler, Jerry Wong, Sean P. Kelly, Christy Keel, Monica Whitman, and Michael27. Thanks to everyone who's ever been a patron. Happy New Year. Thank you for everything. Thank you for six years now. Been a while. Um, until we meet in the future, a week from now, uh, keep playing games and having fun. All right, you guys have any New Year's resolutions? I was just going to say, I'm so glad you set next week's topic so we don't have to talk about New Year's resolutions this year. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't have any. (laughs) I don't set New Year's resolutions out of... uh... Yeah, I honestly, like, I want to lose some weight, but I'm not making it a resolution. I'm just making it something I should do. Um, Yeah, I don't have any resolutions. At a certain age, I think you're just like, eh. (laughs) I want to keep living, please. I would have done it. (laughs) Uh, And that happy note, happy new year.